First question, a question I have many times. Why are people so dumb? <laughs> there was a man in Oklahoma who decided that he was gonna steal a car. So he got his gun, he found a guy, stopped at an intersection, he ran up, he was like, like, get out of the car, get out of the car. The guy, the guy was, got out of the car, he jumped in the car and goes to drive away. He goes to put the car into drive and all of a sudden it just makes this grindy thing. Realizing that he has just carjacked a standard transmission, a stick shift, <laughs> which he cannot drive. What followed was probably the most boring car chase in all history, and he was soon apprehended. Derek Mosley decided he was going to make some quick cash, like the person in Proverbs, and rob a store. So he got his Louisville slugger and walked in to Nagel's Gun Shop in San Antonio. Yes. With his Louisville slugger, he walked into... Nagel's gun shop. The robbery was unsuccessful after the man introduced Derek's baseball bat to his 12-gauge shotgun. <laughs> Joey Mill and Matthew McNally uh, robbed a store, and to disguise their faces, they thought they were, they were really smart. They got out some permanent marker, <laughs> and they drew on their faces to disguise themselves, walked in, they robbed the store, and their faces were kind of blurred on the video a little bit. But it was not very hard for the police to mark their man when they were unable to wash off the permanent marker. Okay. All of these things sound like outlandish things, but people do dumb things every day. I know this because I am a people. <laughs> people do catastrophically foolish things that blow up marriages, waste the gifts that God has given us, and most foolish of all, ruin all eternity by ignoring God's word and the glory of Christ in the gospel. We're going to start today a very kind of brief study on the book of Proverbs. Ten weeks. It's called Ten Rules for Life. And we're going to start with rule number one, which is fear God. Proverbs 1. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. So... Picture Julie Andrews. Let's start at the very beginning. A very good place to start. When you read, you begin with A, B, C. When you sing, you begin with Do, Re, Mi, Do, Re, Mi. Oh, not gonna do the rest. <laughs> what letters are to reading and what notes are to singing is the fear of the Lord to being wise. It's rule number one. It is the foundational principle 
and the principle that undergirds everything else. You cannot read one more word in the book of Proverbs without getting this right, especially because in Proverbs, we just deal with all these like practical, like practical things like how to, you know, not make a bad business deal. And it's like none of that matters until we get the foundation right of the fear of the Lord. So what is it? Now, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, and knowledge here stands for all, like, wisdom, instruction, all of the things it stands for. In fact, you know, we often say the, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, although it says knowledge here, but you read on Proverbs 9, 10 says, literally, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Knowledge is understanding with poetic license. So, wisdom is basically to be able to be wise in life, to make right decisions, to know instruction, to understand, to be a person who, who gets things in life, as it says in verses 2 through 5. And the key to this wisdom, the key to being a wise person is the fear of the Lord. So we want to take just a little bit to understand that concept, and then we're going to apply it. Now, what is the fear of the Lord? So fear, it sounds like a little bad thing. It's like, doesn't like perfect love cast out fear? Like, like what is it like? Like fear the Lord. And the first thing you need to understand about the fear of the Lord or fear is that it has just a little bit to do with the emotion of fear. But primarily when the Bible uses the term fear the Lord, it means simply, it is shorthand for a life that follows God's commands, living a life according to all that God has revealed in his word. Deuteronomy 6, 24, and the Lord commanded us to do all these statutes. And doing all these statutes is to fear the Lord our God for our good always. Psalm 128, blessed is everyone who fears the Lord who walks in his ways. And so doing his command, walking in his ways, is most simply regarded as the fear of the Lord. In fact, in some ways, fear of the Lord in the Old Testament is what kind of like keeping the faith is in the New Testament. So Paul, at the end of his life, he's kind of saying, like, I've fought the fights. I, I've fought, I've run the race. I've fought the fight. I've kept the faith. And he doesn't mean faith there is like, you know, believing in God's promises. But what he means is faith there is just like the whole Christian life, just walking according to God. And in many ways, that's just shorthand, fear God, walk according to God's path. Now, we don't want to totally ignore the emotion of fear because it's not absent from the concept. Isaiah 8, 13, but the Lord of hosts, him you shall regard as holy. Let him be your fear. Let him be your dread. So it's not like absent, although those are, those are much more rare than just following the commandments. Fear of God looks forward to the threat of God's judgment and goes the other way. And, and I think it can be described just pretty simply by, by two pictures. One is, has, has anyone ever been to the Grand Canyon? Has anyone ever been to the Grand Canyon with young kids? Yeah. So the Grand Canyon is a giant hole in the ground. It is like mind-bogglingly dizzying to stand on the top and just see like the vastness of it. And something in me, probably something very broken that I should talk to someone about, 
makes me want to get as close as I can to that edge and like step down and maybe like go like that to scare my wife. And the big problem with, with having that in you is that very often you have kids and then they do the same thing. I'm like, that's terrifying. Why are you doing that? That's so crazy. But this is God in the Old Testament. Like, he is fearsome like the Grand Canyon. It's like, like endless depth. If you fall into the hands of the living God, who can rescue? A consuming fire to his enemies. To stand close is to fall into dread. Now, from this vantage point in redemptive history... Like, we can see the consuming fire of God, the grand canyon of, of wrath that our sin rightly deserves. But we can see it. And now there's some places I liked in the grand canyon. Well, when I was there with the kids, not when I was like, because I like to go past. But there was like a fence. And you could go up and you just lean on the fence. And I felt, okay, Havila's, Havila's not going to fall off. Havilah's not going to fall off the edge because there's a fence. And in the same way, like, we can look at God, like, as, as how fearsome he is because of our sins deserve. But we can lean on the fence of Jesus Christ, knowing that even though God hasn't changed, still fearsome, that Jesus Christ by dying on the cross for our sins has made it a nice place to lean, to see the majesty of God, all the while resting on his grace, knowing it's Christ alone who keeps us there. Emotionally, fear of the Lord is maybe the easiest thinking of it in terms of the line, the witch in the wardrobe, if you've read the books. If you've watched the movie and haven't read the book, go read the book. When the children hear that Aslan is a lion, they ask, is he safe? And the beaver answers, of course not, but he's good. God is a fearsome lion, but in a good way. And to live in the fear of the Lord is not to cower in Jesus Christ, but to feel safe and secure, knowing that the lion is on your side. What is the beginning of wisdom? What is the foundational principle of the ABCs of wisdom? It is simply that God, in all that he is revealed in his word, is the foundation of any knowledge of wisdom to be truly wise. Wisdom begins in whatever we think to be wise with the triune God. The Father, who is the creator of all things. The Son, who is the Savior and reconciler. And the Holy Spirit, applying redemption to his people. And so, to be wise in any endeavor is to consider it in light of God and how he has revealed himself to us in his word. Apart from that, we are bound to holding up gun stores with baseball bats. So how do we apply this in our life? Number one, base your life and decisions on God as he is revealed in his word. 
Google is not the beginning of wisdom. It's pretty good for fixing your car, but it is terrible on life advice. Ever try to Google, like, who should I marry? It's not going to go well. In fact, Google without God gets people into all kinds of trouble. Now, it's a tool like many others. And you can use tools built on the foundation of Christ. And you can use them just like pluck here and there in a wise way. But you cannot build a foundation on anything but Jesus Christ. Facts are not the beginning of wisdom. You can study history. You can know lots of facts. But without a foundation of God's word, how do you know what is good? And, and really, it, if you've ever read any history book ever, you read a history book and yeah it has lots of facts but you know what it also has it has a story it has a slant it has a take it has a message it's trying to tell you and so without the foundation of the lord jesus christ you are just bound to being swept away by other people's stories into whatever into whatever leads them what feels good in your heart is not the beginning of wisdom. Now, even more popular than living by facts is living by the feels. Or, I would say, sola feels. Many people, even in the church, often base their life decisions on merely what feels right, what merely follows their heart instead of the word of God. We are born with foolish hearts. Folly is truly bound up in the heart of a child, Proverbs 22, 15. You know, many people will give lip service towards God's commandments. And then when something comes along that contradicts what God's word says, but really like they feel like doing, at that point, many people just like, should I stay faithful to my wife or, you know, Suffer along in a marriage that's hard, but God, I've agreed to. Should I do the right thing and be honest at work, or should I cut a little corner here that everybody else is doing in order to make a little bit more money? And when that, when that thing comes along, and they're just like, ah, I'm just going to do what I feel like, and we're just tuned to that. But no, in that... Like our foundation has to be in the Word of God. And then when those decisions come along, if we're rooted in something, just our feelings, or whatever our heart's going, it reveals that our foundation is in something else. Our foundation is in just how we feel, our cultural moment, and we just sort of tack Bible verses onto it. We need to keep God's Word as foundation and build from there. Secondly, beware of your teachers, and this goes for every way that you're taught. Social media, the podcast you listen to, the books that you read, the sermons you listen to, even mine. Especially mine, because you're here and you should be keeping watch on me. Some, many times I hear a teaching, even a biblical teach, or a, even a, a, a sermon or from a, a Christian source... And I always go back to one question. It's like, what is their foundation? Is it the fear of the Lord? Or is it science, psychology, whatever's popular that day that they're trying to sell a book with? 
Like, I don't care if I read a book and they're quoting Bible verses. Like, even Satan, you know, Jesus' temptation, like Satan himself can take a worldly message and tack a Bible verse. It's like, here, it's, like it's in Psalm 21. So you can throw yourself down. It's going to be fine. Like anybody can do that. I see political leaders all the time and I don't think very much of their walk with the Lord and they're out there quoting a Bible verse. Just because you're reading a book that's quoting a Bible verse does not mean that it is rooted in the foundation of the Lord Jesus Christ. This happens with worldly ideologies that are liberal. It happens with ones that are conservative. So my, my namesake for the series is just a slight nod to Jordan Peterson's best-selling book, 12 Rules for Life. He's a Canadian. We love Canada. He quotes the Bible. He is conservative. But if you know a little bit about psychology and you know something of the Bible, if you know something of the Bible, you're gonna feel like yeah, something's a little off with his interpretation. If you know psychology, you're going to know that his foundation is not Jesus Christ. His foundation is Carl Jung, the psychoanalyst. And that's like, that's what his foundation is. And it's, it's tax Bible verses on there. Now, there are things to be gleaned from almost everything in the world. Almost everything that works well. And if you have a foundation in Jesus Christ, like you can listen to ideas, you can pick him, but you don't want to swim in a sea of foundations that are not in Jesus Christ and what you're going to be built up. Because over time, it will sway your foundations. And you'll be a little bit like, you know, the tower, leaning tower of Pisa, like it didn't have big enough foundation. You're going to be, you're going to be a little crooked and in danger of toppling. In the end, the first rule of wise living, the foundation of a wise life is God as he is revealed in his word and especially in Jesus Christ because God has revealed himself at many times in his many ways, but in these last days, he has revealed himself. He has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things through whom also he created the world. To be wise, we need to first reckon with God as he is revealed in his word, have confidence in his word, and be very suspicious of the latest fad. If you see three books on any topic, probably, you know, be suspicious. Base our thinking on Christ, not what feels right, and build it on the only foundation that lasts and the only foundation that leads to not just a wise life, but eternal life in Jesus Christ. For all who turn from their sins and come to Jesus, there is safety, there is love, and there is faithfulness for all who would come. Let's pray.